A special thanks to our premium members and those who have donated to make Let's Reminisce possible. Thank you to Alice and Dan Chapman, Julia Olson, Boyd Kirk, and Danielle Johnson Barnstable for your support. Learn how to access premium membership benefits and all the ways to support Let's Reminisce in the show notes or at our website, letsreminiscepodcast.org. Thank you for your support. Okay, let's roll the tape. Let's reminisce, the podcast about... I don't even know if it's allowed by the Catholic Church. She would get a priest, set up an altar, makeshift altar, and he would host mass in the backyard. Today's episode, Mamita. I found my thrill on Blueberry My name's Matthew Alvarez, uh, and that's Matthew with one T. I don't know whose idea that was. I think that was the nurse in the hospital. Um, I'm pretty sure my mom and my dad wanted two T's, but she thought it would be special to put one. And I did not know that until I was 22. Found that out at the El Paso County Courthouse where I grew up. My family came from Zacatecas on my mom's side, but on my grandfather's side, I think they were a little bit closer to the Baja, Mexico area, I guess closer to the ocean. You got a variety of Mexican cultures that kind of like meet up in this corner of Texas. My grandmother, Estelle Davila, and my grandfather, Tomas Davila, they met in this small town in Zacatecas, but my grandfather met my grandmother at a well. But on one particular day, my grandfather, the moss, was standing in line where he came across my grandmother. And they got married. And they got married while they were very young. And in Mexico, they started a family. With this family, we're all connected by my grandmother. And my grandmother and her three daughters. So that would be my mom, my aunt Susana, and my aunt Estella. And we're all connected by those three. And we're all around the block. Just getting together was super easy. And we got together often. We would see each other at church. Want to go out for dinner? Sure, why not? Because we just live right around the block. It's going to take the same amount of time to get home. (laughs) And we would just walk. We would just walk right around the block. And we would be there. You know, as far as like people that would come over, it was heavily, it was, it was family members. And you could tell that they weren't just, you know, connected. Susana and Estella weren't just my mom's sisters. They were her friends. And this kind of like made a really great dynamic for like my childhood. I had my brother and my sister that I would start my day with and end my day with. But then your cousins are also like your first friends. Robert, 
was a younger a year younger than me and him and i just like were best friends just you know doing everything together we rode bikes we played sports we all play we would all fight there was always that one day out of the year where somebody would fight and, and argue with each other on the weekends because it's texas we would barbecue <laughs> and we would just my dad would throw some meat on the grill my mom would make a phone call we clean up the house in a hurry and everyone would come over and here's food and drinks and a water balloon fight because it's a hundred degrees it's el paso it's just like brutal it was great it's quite special because we don't have that anymore 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 you know we would grow up and we would have summers together My grandfather didn't really take care of himself. You know, you, he was a working class guy, but he was also part of the madman era kind of guy. You know, the whole, you drink heavily. I'm not sure if he was a smoker, but you know, his diet wasn't the great. He ate what he wanted, he drank what he wanted. He paid the price with diabetes. And it was a hard struggle. When I became of age, my grandfather could no longer walk. He had a foot that was amputated. He was in a wheelchair. Unfortunately, that's the only way I remember him. I don't have many memories of him at my grandmother's house. I have memories of him in a hospital, memories of him uh, coming out of the hospital, but maybe not much like at my grandmother's house. My grandmother was, first of all, a very compassionate person, very loving. She was the head of the family. She would she would love to tell stories. She would like to joke around with her friends. She would like to tell stories that made her family laugh. She loved to dance. There is... <laughs> You know, those it's a stereotypical thing that you see in Mexican culture where people dance around a hat. But that's a real thing. And she knew how to do that. And she moved her feet quite fast. <laughs> For a woman in her 70s, she would move her feet really, really fast um, to dance around. You know, there wasn't a hat, but like she showed us like, just like how she would do it. She didn't have money. She didn't have anything. But and she and she would flat out say that she didn't have anything to give you, but she was generous with her time and she was generous with her cooking. Uh, she loved loved to cook. She and and not just cook for a small group of people. It was a challenge and a challenge she always accepted to cook enough food for a group of people. This is one thing she would do that I'm not too sure how many families would do this. I don't even know if it's allowed by the Catholic Church. <laughs> she would get a priest, set up an altar, makeshift altar, 
and a bunch of chairs, and she would invite everyone from her church, and he would host mass in the backyard. Now, she would still have a collection plate, and she would give that money to the church because a priest would walk off with it. And people came to this not because they just wanted to go to church in somebody's backyard, but because my grandmother would cook these just delicious plates of food. I remember she would just have big pots of rice and then like an even bigger pot of like whatever food she was making. Um, I think mole is one that she made one year. A Mexican stew called pozole was another thing that she would make. And everyone at the church knew that her cooking was good. And I think that was her way of also showing love. It's the one thing that we all do miss about her. It's just that to know that like that we haven't had her cooking in 15 years. It's just, yeah, we always thought we would have it forever. It's 2004. I am getting ready for my senior year in high school. It's the summer before my senior year. And I am supposed to be with my parents in Mexico. My whole family's in Mexico on vacation. I didn't go because I went to summer school instead. I typically did okay, not enough to like need summer school, but for some reason I needed to go to summer school. Otherwise I wouldn't graduate. And so I just figured, yeah, I'm in summer school. My parents will leave. I'll be on my own. I can go hang out with my friends, get in the car, drive over there, do what I want. My mom had none of that. She said, we're leaving and you're going to stay with your grandmother. So I go over to my grandmother's house, to Mamita's house. That was her nickname. And at this point, like I said, I'm an adult and it's one night, just the two of us. My grandmother spoke Spanish and that was all she knew and I spoke English I could understand Spanish um, and still to this day if I were to hear Spanish in the distance I would be able to understand it and it translates in my head perfectly but for me to say anything in Spanish it's um, it's a challenge it's a slow process it's as if something as if there, it's as if there's something in my head that um, can't unlock this box so when it came to communicating with my grandmother the communication was it wasn't really there And I think my mother at this point was kind of hoping, finally, you know, they'll get to know each other. Though, they're going to be able to talk. Hey everyone, Rick here, the host and creator of Let's Reminisce. I'm just dropping into this non-narrated episode to remind you 
that Let's Reminisce is an independent, listener-supported podcast. And it's our premium members and one-time donations that make this show possible for everyone to enjoy. So if you believe in our mission to spread awareness about preserving family stories, consider becoming a premium member. In return of your support, you'll gain access to ad-free episodes, bonus interviews, a monthly newsletter, and become immortalized in the Let's Reminisce show notes. And if a premium membership is not right for your budget at this moment, you can make a one-time donation using PayPal, Venmo, or Buy Me a Coffee. Even $1 makes a big difference and is immediately reinvested in the production of the show. I also want to try something a little different. I want to give the listeners of this show the opportunity to become a sponsor. I'm stealing a page right from the community and public radio playbook where small businesses like the optometrist or mom-and-pop shops throughout town sponsor the local radio station. I believe this helps foster community and connects people to things and causes with like-minded individuals. So if you have a business or run a small organization, maybe you have an Etsy store that you run late at night on the side, or you have a message you want to get out into the world, shoot me an email. I plan on making these sponsorships very personal that tell a story and are highly produced with rich sounds. So what I'm trying to say is I'm not just going to read a script, but we'll cater to your individual message. And we'll work together on everything, including a rate that's right for your budget. It's direct listener support that creates a different kind of market value because it's our values. We're all in this partnership together to help show others why family history is so important. You can learn all about the levels of giving, membership benefits, and how to make a donation linked in the show notes. You can also find my email address there if you want to get in touch about a sponsorship. That's hello at letsreminiscepodcast.org. Thank you for being here and thank you for your support. All right, let's get back to the show. If I was lucky enough to find myself sitting at the table with my cousins that were fluent in Spanish, my grandmother would be able to ask me a question. And I would either be able to answer it in English and they would be able to translate it or I would have to ask my cousins to translate which, what I was just asked, and then I would have to then answer, and they would have to do it. And it always required assistance from a relative. And I didn't really think much of it at the time. I kind of just thought, that's maybe that's just how it is. There was this missing link with my grandmother that I'll never really have because I didn't learn Spanish. I didn't know enough Spanish to... I didn't know enough Spanish to... to to ask her about her life. I didn't watch Spanish television. I thought it was boring. I immersed myself in English content. I spoke only English. I that's that that was just what I did because I didn't think it was I didn't think it was important at the time. I didn't think I would need those skills. I didn't think that I would one day need to have it. People told me. 
People told me it was important. Family members told me that I should learn. Family members told me Spanish is the future. You need to learn Spanish. You should practice Spanish. I was told several times, you're going to need it one day. You never know when you're going to need it, but you're going to need it. And it just became, it was thrown at me so many times that I was just jaded by the idea of it. And it felt like work. And I didn't want to do that. And yeah, and in, even in high school, like I didn't, as hard as it was uh, to learn Spanish, I still managed to pass all four Spanish courses that I was required to take. And I s- left high school with the same amount of knowledge of Spanish that I entered high school. And it didn't have to be that way. It was all on me willing to learn the language. And I was stubborn and I refused because I didn't really want to see the bigger picture. I didn't want to see the importance of connecting with my grandparents in Spanish. That would have been nice for me to to talk with my grandmother in Spanish. I do feel guilty about it. I don't want to say that I like completely ran away from Spanish. I would say that I wanted to hide from the responsibility of learning it and picking it up. I have, and I still have, like, I still carry some shame. The media that I consumed when I was young didn't have representation of me, uh, or at least the media that I liked to watch and consume. I couldn't see myself in it. And I guess I always felt that I had to change who I was to be accepted into this this society that that we have in this country it's like i can i am it was more like i am one of you i am here i can i get you know i get it i get all these jokes and these things i i just didn't learn anything i thought there was just a separation i thought there will always be a, slepar- a separation between you know hispanic culture like mexican culture and 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 the culture and in, in and in, in America, but you know, I never really thought about a blending of both, which I've seen with my friends do multiple times, like over. I'm I'm happy that they have success, but I'm jealous that they embrace their culture like at such a young age and they were able to like blend everything that I was like, wow, they figured it out. They got it. It's it's great that we have this representation now, but now I feel like I'm a little behind with my culture. I would say, Hola, mamita, ¿cómo estás? And she would say, Bien, bien, mijo. Which would mean, I'm good, good, son. And then that was it. And a quick smile, a hug, a kiss on the cheek. And then I would sit down and I would go watch TV in the other room while my mom talked to her mom where I would sit down and wait for my food or I'd get distracted with my other cousin or go outside and play and that was fine because you're a child you know you're kind of expected with that what communication are you going to really have with a child as an adult but I get older and my grandmother gets weaker 
and I'm an adult at this time. You know, I'm 17, 18, not really knowing what I want to do with my life. But, you know, my grandmother went from being on her feet, joking around, dancing, to um, always being, always lying down in bed, always being in bed, not feeling well, having a doctor come over, having nurses come over and take care of her. And so there's, there's now this clock that's ticking away to kind of see, to connect with her. And my mother knows this, and my mother is frustrated by this because she, she just wants me to connect with her. My, my mom wants me to know her mom like, like she knew her mom. My grandpa was sick and he was in the hospital. And no one spent the night. Everyone went home. He was going to the hospital so frequently that everyone just needed a good night's rest. So they all went home. They came back the next day. And when they came back in to my grandfather's room, there was a sheet over his body. And a cross placed on top. So they knew that he already had gone in the night. My grandmother thought that was the worst. She wanted to be there with him. The thought of dying alone, even though it was in his sleep, was just just unacceptable to her. And dying in a hospital, as common as it is, unacceptable for her. She made it her mission to not die in a hospital and to not die alone. Her wishes were to die surrounded by family and to pass away with somewhat seeing everyone. We had a scare a few years before where we thought my grandmother was going to pass away. My grandmother just thought, this is it, I'm going to die. Call everyone. I want to say goodbye to everyone. (laughs) And then marched us all in to see her right before she died. But, like, she needed to go to the hospital, but she didn't want to do any of that. She just, because she thought she was going to die right there and she wanted to say goodbye to everyone and so she's they're bringing everyone in say goodbye kiss your grandmother tell her you love her and late and it's like a traumatizing thing because now you you do that you say goodbye then you you're waiting and you're like a kid so you're like it's an emotional thing it's like what the what is going on why are you doing this And so we go, you flash forward a couple years, and it's the same thing. She has nurses that are there around the clock. 
the doctor already had said that, you know, given her like a couple months to live, this time it's all but certain. The nurse kind of just told, like didn't say anything in front of my grandmother because she's not going to tell her that she's dying. But she told my, she told my, my mom and my aunts. And so instead of calling all, instead of rushing the house with like 30 cousins and making it a madhouse again, they did something kind of unique. They knew at this point that we had a great childhood to have our grandmother in our life daily because she was around the block. So they only called me and the cousins that lived around the block to say our goodbyes and, you know, say what we could. And my mom still had me trying to run some errands to just kind of do what we could to, like, make sure she was comfortable. And I was there the last hour before she passed, and it was kind of the same, but she was mostly asleep, just body shutting down, sleep, but trembling, shaky. Um, Her lips were shaking. You know, we had that same kind of look in each other's eyes that we had were just a few months before, you know, an understanding. As in like, yeah, you know, we can't talk, but we love each other. And then that was it. And around, I don't know, I think around 10, my mom called me. She broke down. I think I really do miss uh, just seeing her around every day. Like, it was just just kind of nice. My grandmother was, like, not tiny. She was a taller kind of person. I mean, not super tall, but just... Uh, Hispanic women tend to be a little short <laughs> on the short side. She was not short. Um, She's tall. She always had a perm. That was hilarious. short hair and she permed it and just these thick square glasses that I just liked like I mean they were just good and she was just sweet and generous and I just miss seeing her not to say that women should be in front of the stove but I miss seeing her just cooking working on in front of a stove serving up a plate I I miss seeing her with her little crew, her little group of friends that she would roll with, and they would just laugh and play, and if there was drama, she would dish out the drama, man. She, she would joke around. There was, there was a, a week where she was kept putting on these Groucho sunglasses, or these Groucho glasses with the mustache and nose, and she would just, you know she would just surprise you with it. And it was just so funny because she would just joke around and 
she would tell jokes in Spanish and people would laugh. And I, I never heard it. I mean, I would hear it, but I never understood them. So I would, I felt like I missed out on that. But her personality and, and who she was, that's, that's what I miss. What would I like to ask her? I think I want to know how she felt, how she truly, truly felt when she picked up her life and migrated north. I want to know what it would feel like to have three kids, a husband, a husband that's made the decision to move everyone to a different country. I wanted to know what she felt when she knew that she wouldn't see her immediate family anymore. Where, you know, like she, all her family traditions, everything that she grew up with, everything that she knew, it's now different. It's now gone. She now has to make up her own family traditions. I'm sure I saw the love that my mom had for her parents, and I know that my mom could only uh, could only have learned that type of love by my grandmother loving her parents. Like, are you excited? Is this everything you dreamed of? Is, uh, what is it, Um, what's going through your head? Like, you know, like, who are you going to miss? What are you going to miss the most? Um... Why are you moving from a forest to a desert? <laughs> Why? Like, what is so appealing? Um, is life is life going to be that much better? What are you going away from exactly? And how scared were you? And I think... I would like to, and it would probably have given her a lot of joy about this. I probably would have liked to have learned more about my grandfather that that I hardly knew. So this would be 2005, younger self, maybe 2003, 2004. I would tell myself that 20 years from now, you're going to want to know more about your family. Your parents aren't going to remember everything. And certain things are lost with time. There's a beautiful thing. There's something beautiful in knowing two languages. You should really apply yourself into learning Spanish with your parents. You're going to go to school and you're going to go to college. When you go to college, four semesters of Spanish are going to really do nothing for you. You're going to learn how to write and spell them. But guess what? Writing and spelling in Spanish is way easier than English. You spell words the way they're pronounced. And it is so easy. But you're not going to come out of those classes 
being conversational in Spanish. And the only way you can learn that is by talking to your mother and father in Spanish. I would tell myself that it's a slow process. You can't just go cold turkey on it. When you don't know the name to a word, your mom and your dad may chuckle, but they're going to help you out. And that they will walk you through it. And that's because that's something that they were always willing to do and that you should definitely do now. In the future, you're going to want to have this skill. You're going to want to be able to talk to people from Mexico. You're going to want to talk to people that know Spanish. You're going to want to talk to your friends that know Spanish. You have no idea how awesome it is to just interchange languages like your parents do, like your cousins do. To start a sentence off in English and to end it in Spanish without without pausing to think about anything. It's an automatic thing in your head. It's going to make you feel smart. Um, it's going to connect you to your culture. And right now you may think that this country doesn't value Hispanic culture. You may think that Spanish doesn't matter. But you're wrong in this. There is representation to be found with your culture. You will find friends and you will you will make friends with people that want to know more about your culture. You will find and meet friends and make friends that are deeply connected to their culture and they're so connected that it makes you jealous of how distant you are from it. You, These are the only type of people that you can relate to because they had the same upbringing as you. You can joke about the same things. You can make the same jokes about going to church, about eating certain types of food, about how many rosemaries you have to pray on a <laughs> on, on, on Christmas Eve for no reason but these people are out there you haven't met them yet and they want to connect with you and they're going to think that it's that it's a little sad that, that, that you don't know Spanish and that you may not be too proud of your culture and it, and it is sad but you, you come to find your culture and you come to find that you want to reconnect And just like connecting with your grandmother, it's going to be hard because the one thing that's missing from that connection is the language. Today's episode was produced and mixed and sound designed by me, Rick Brewer. A special thanks to my wife, Annie Chapman Brewer, for helping me edit this story. Rachel Morawski designed our show art. And I'd like to give a big, special thank you 
to my buddy Matt Alvarez for his willingness to share his story on this podcast. If you like this episode, please tell a friend you heard it. Word of mouth remains one of the best ways people find out about new podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show, and it's free and super easy to do. Let's Reminisce also has a new online bookshop that helps support local booksellers. For every book you purchase using the bookshop link in the show notes, a small percentage goes to independent bookstores and this podcast. My favorite list so far is Rick's favorite history books. I hope you'll check it out. Let's Reminisce is an independent podcast funded by you, the listener. Become a premium member and gain access to ad-free episodes, bonus interviews, a monthly newsletter, a thank you card from me via snail mail the old school way, and get your name in the Let's Reminisce show notes from now and forevermore. You can also make a one-time donation. All the ways to support it are linked in the show notes. Thank you so much for your support, and most importantly, thank you for listening. This podcast will always be free. Until next time.